Okay, and uh, things are looking good on my end. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another Sunday night with the Xbox Roundtable podcast. With this being show number 228, I'm Invader, the host for tonight, and it's great to have you all here with us for the night. There's quite a few things that we'll be covering. Uh, Let's see. Well, first off, a tech company recently stated that we'll be getting upgrades to current-gen consoles. We'll give our thoughts on that matter. As well, Kotaku put out a, well, not-so-favorable Game Pass article. We will certainly touch on that. And there are reports of Xbox turning down some big-name exclusive deals. Hmm, interesting. We will go into depth on that and more in a few minutes. But first, let me introduce you to everybody on tonight's panel. Starting off with, you know what, we'll start off with General MLD. Buddy, hey, how's the weekend been? Hey, oh, doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, just uh, this and that. Uh, Gaming-wise, alternating between Elden Ring and Sniper Elite 5. Always something uh, fun to play uh, over here. But uh, yeah, well, I'm excited for this. Uh, let's, get, let's have some fun. Yeah, no, I, hey, man, I'm with you on that one. Let's have some fun indeed as everybody starts filing in here. Uh, moving on to Centurion. Buddy, hey, uh, happy long weekend to you. How you doing? doing great man it's sunday night just had a great week of playing games and my god too much work but you're right it is a long weekend it's time to have some fun talk about everything that's occurred since last sunday and uh talk about what we've been playing uh what you've been playing i've been stuck playing this crack of a game called farming farming together with my wife can't seem to stop playing it for whatever reason all right, all right. Uh, I, don't... I know you're like, oh God, really? I don't know how I got swept <laughs> into this, man. I really don't. I do not know. It was just one of those things where my wife is like, hey, this looks good, and all of a sudden we've been building a farm together all week long. Well, uh, truthfully, I've been uh, playing the past couple of days uh, Halo Infinite. Been playing the multiplayer, getting uh, some time on a few of the new maps, and yeah, I've been uh, enjoying myself with the updates there, and. Honestly, I've just been going over to a couple of different games. I played a bit of uh, the Spyro Collection. Uh, oh, Doom Eternal. I was playing the Doom Eternal DLC, and I finally beat, uh, what was it, the Ancient Gods DLC 1 and 2. Oh, man, so good, so good. Doom Eternal just oh, freaking rocks. I want more. I want more Doom. What can I say? So last night, I found myself going down memory lane and getting... Uh, suited up in my javelin over on anthem and i was playing with my brother and his kid we played for a few hours and i completely forgot exactly how i'm sorry but that game even though falsely advertised um in my opinion i had a lot of fun great game uh totally miss that adrenaline rush of uh getting in those suits and flying around and having the battles and it's just one of those games when you play it it just feels like very bitter bitterly depressing that you're just like man this could have turned out as something great and it just really sucks that it's something that was abandoned Mm -hmm. like i i played it afterwards when it came to game pass uh with ea obviously and my my impressions of it are you know the same as yours i really enjoyed like a lot of the stuff they introduced uh the javelins are awesome 
Um, Dude, it just... the campaign, the playing of the game, doing the whole thing, especially with friends. I don't care. The minute you get in friends, friends involved, a dumpster fire can become fun. Um, and I'm not even saying that Anthem was a dumpster fire. I'm just saying you could have the worst game in the world. Um, you know, like look at Friday the 13th in them. Uh, very underwhelming games, but the minute you got friends together, they turned out to be amazing experiences. Um, and it's just really tragic that it what that it followed the course it did during its development, and then what really shot it in the foot was there was no end of game comment content. It was the minute you beat the game, you just hit this wall, and it was a very very harsh wall to hit. And yeah, that pretty much crippled the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that turned out to be pretty unfortunate. But, alas, um, you know, hopefully Bioware is, uh, you know, learned from that and EA. But uh, moving on down the list here, Crusader Bud, how are you been? How's the weekend been treating you? Oh, I've been pretty good. Went paintballing this weekend. My entire body hurts. Um, but gaming-wise, I have had a great week. Um, I beat the entire Crisis Trilogy. I played Destiny 2's new season, uh, Season of the Haunted. Um, did the new dungeon in that, which is called Duality. The dungeon's fantastic. Um, and I beat Killzone HD in Killzone 2, and I'm partway through Killzone 3. Alright, alright, very nice. Yeah, I, re I did remember seeing you post about that, about Killzone. Believe it or not, I have a very fond spot for Killzone for whatever reason. I just, I don't know, I just always like the series. Yeah, uh, see, I, I've been complaining so much about the, the how bad PS Premium, like, the, the offerings are getting. Like, like with all the stuff that's come out about how its performances and stuff, and I'm putting my money where my, my mouth is, and I'm buying all the PS3 games used. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to yeah. play them all native yeah i'm tempted to do that as well i've been buying a whole bunch of uh i've been posting a lot about it recently well in recent months i've been buying a lot of original xbox titles uh just picked up uh the uh what was it the nightmare before christmas uh oogie's revenge on uh the original xbox i haven't played it i heard a lot of good things and apparently a lot of other people have uh, either played it or missed it or like oh i didn't know there was a nightmare before christmas game but I eh, caught my eye, thought I'd pick it up, and uh, yeah, maybe one of these days I'll uh, I'll give it a go. Too bad it's not backwards compatible, but I'll give it a shot on my OG Xbox. But just out of curiosity, Crusader, uh, what, what's your favorite uh, Crisis game out of the uh, trilogy? A lot. Three. Absolutely three. Oh, yeah? It, it just Jeez. played so well. Like, everything felt fluid. It felt like everything that they were trying to do in one and two, they mastered in three story the the story was all over the place and felt nonsensical and i, I don't care the gameplay was just absolutely great in three mm -hmm. and i agree with you completely i th i just think I, for whatever reason i have a soft spot for the second one i don't know why but i just i, eh, I just kind of well, like they, the they way kept it getting progressively better and like the jump from two uh from one to two was fantastic like that that alone was great but yeah um those games are really good. I can't wait for the, the fourth one. Yes, yes, that's going to be something. <laughs> it will be. Uh, moving on down here, Eric, buddy, Shock, uh, how are you doing, man? I uh, I know you're kind of under the weather there, but have you been playing any anything the past week? Uh, not a lot. Just for stuff that's gone on, like uh, 
well i had to work most of the week and then this was the start of my three-day weekend like sunday through tuesday and i was like cool i'm gonna go see you know top gun i've been waiting for that movie for like years and then of course like it covid like this holiday weekend i'm like of course cool everybody else gets to see it i'm gonna have to stay home because <laughs> i can't it's not one of like those on-demand uh releases so um just been messing around with my uh uh ps2 going back to some of those uh games i was playing shinobi recently and then i uh found an easy way to kind of hack where you can uh adjust the aspect ratio to like 16 by 9 where it, like proportion actually like widens the view um so it's not like stretched except for like i think the hud hud pieces like that you might see like a map or something what might be slightly stretched but the actual character models and stuff aren't so that's pretty cool um so that way i can um record some footage and actually get it to like fit the screen properly but it looks really good uh with one of my uh retro teacup scalers i've been using but yeah i haven't been i haven't got back on my xbox too much just from this past week with everything that's gone on i was like i'm, I'm gonna get back to it but i was like i'm just gonna move that to next week <laughs> so maybe this week i'll get back on the uh xbox and stuff what's about to drop so but yeah i'm just trying to get over this uh covid <laughs> took me two years to get it but uh hmm. that's not good yeah well hey it took a while right and uh well, you don't sound too bad to be honest so yeah at least by this point i already have like three boosters so that's probably why it's like somewhat mild but mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't have the breathing because I guess it's supposed to be more like lung based, but like I have no issue with my like breathing or like anything like that. But just more of a head cold with a like slight fever. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hey man, I'm glad Not to see that uh, you know you're taking it pretty uh, pretty well so far. Anyways, uh, you know, regardless of some symptoms, so that's good. And. Uh, Oh yeah, I played a little bit of Sniper Elite 5. I just saw it in the chat. I played a little bit of that too. Uh since it was free to download on uh from Game Pass. So it's alright so far. I'm still early on into it, but uh it's fun. It's fun. Um, you know, if you played the other Sniper Elite games, then you pretty much know what to expect. So it doesn't really change very much. Um but yeah, guys, uh not sure if Timmy will be making it tonight. Uh he may be stopping by, not sure, but uh, before we start, guys, please hit the like button and share this out across Twitter and, you know, and the like. YouTube's algorithms uh, seem to favor that stuff, so uh, please, uh, you know, be kind and uh, it would be very much appreciated on our behalf. Now, fellas, let's uh, get into our first story of the evening, and it looks like we could be seeing updated consoles for this gen well, a little sooner than we anticipated, maybe. Hmm. Uh, during a press event, uh, Chinese electronic company uh, TCL stated that they expect a mid-gen refresh by 2024. Uh, it's really, I mean, that's pretty interesting on that front that they're uh, open about that already, kind of hinting at it. Uh, Crusader, why don't we kick things off with you here, because I know you have your ears to ground when it comes to like leaks and uh, all that jazz uh what do you make of the comments from tcl uh considering that you know they sell tvs right they sell a lot of tvs and 
I'd assume they know something coming down the pipeline, right? In my opinion, based on how they had that entire chart set up, that was an estimation. I don't think that they know anything in particular. It looked like they were estimating what was going to happen this generation versus what was what happened last generation. Um, and my key reasoning in that is they didn't even specify... Like, they specified tech specifications that literally don't exist right now um specifically 8k at 120 fps we legitimately don't have any protocol in existence that can transfer that kind of data with caps uh hdmi 2.1a which is the current highest hdmi standard only goes to 8k 60 fps when at, at a max bandwidth which only some tvs can even do max bandwidth hdmi hdmi um uh 2.1 speeds so i think that this is um them being a little overzealous in stating that without truly being 100 percent in depth into the um into what's actually going to happen um i do believe that there's going to be a refresh this generation i i don't think it, and i think it probably would have happened in 2024 if it hadn't been for the um the chip shortages because they're behind like they're currently all behind on what they want to sell right now and i don't see them pushing an upgraded console onto the market this soon I could see a console from the Xbox side that's in between the Series S and the Series X, um, either one that's halfway in between in power or a discless Series S. I mean, Series X, discless Series X. God, Microsoft Y with the naming. Um, but uh, I, I haven't heard any credible leaks and rumors that there's going to be um, mid-gen refreshes anytime soon. Um, I I'm of the line that generations as we know them are going to kind of, I don't want to say go away, but they're going to become murkier, um, because of the digital marketplaces. You're, you're, it's going to be kind of like a more iPhone or GPU, like 20 series to 30 series style approach where there might be stuff that you can only do on the newest one, but everything's just going to kind of move with you. It's stuff if it can launch on old ones will launch on old ones but because we're in an era where digital is going to be king so i mean would it shock me if they launched an upgraded model uh, uh, that soon no i just I, I don't see it happening in 2024 mm -hmm. yeah and to be fair these consoles that we have now they launched in 2020 uh you know we're not even what uh two full years into this generation and obviously these companies they are working on hardware all the time right to you know get prepped for the next one um but it just seems like it, it is too soon for that from my perspective anyways plus when you look at the chip shortages that they're having as of right now or actually the past you know year or so um you know I would think that some materials would be hard to come by and actually these consoles like even the consoles that we have now they're hard to come by as it is correct so yeah yeah, yeah. The, the with the chip shortage no one's really wanting to split their line you know no one wants to split um uh no one wants to split 
their their production lines too much. Microsoft's doing it, but Microsoft's doing it in such a unique way where the Series S is like it has so much less silicon that you can produce so many more of them than you can a Series X. So they are still getting as much, if not more, product on the market because they have the two lines. But like a, a pro version of the Series X or a pro version of the PS5 are going to use as much, if not more, uh, microprocessing uh, material to create. So I just, I don't. I don't see them wanting to split the line so soon until they're certain that they can meet demand of their their, their current products. Um, would they have liked to have them out in 2024? Probably. It's just it's not going to happen. I think that's the same reason why we haven't seen a revision to the a, a meaningful revision to the Switch, as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because the Switch came out in 2017. Um, like I bought the uh, Mario Mario Odyssey edition, so uh, you know when that goes back. Was like five, six years old now. Uh, yeah, that thing could definitely use a revision, considering uh, like it's impossible to port some of the, some uh, games over to it now uh, from uh, third-party developers. So, yeah, that thing could use uh, a major upgrade. Um, yeah, uh, it's like uh, I I can't see uh, personally like the uh, a revision to the PlayStation Five or Xbox Series consoles anytime soon um again especially when it's hard to just get the current consoles as they are um let's see uh mld pal i mean obviously you're listening into this um like what do you think about again this uh tech company talking about how i guess they're expecting uh refreshes by 2024 do you agree with what uh crusader is uh saying that, uh, you know, it seems unlikely that's coming, or do you have a, a separate opinion? I mean, with all the supply shortages lately, it, on the surface, it does seem a little odd. Like, if someone, like, just recently got around to getting a, a PS5 or a Series X, only for there to be a mid-gen refresh just right around the corner, and that one's also, like, a little bit scarce. It's a little... It does sound weird if you say it like that, but I'm, I'm looking back... I mean, since, since the, what, the 360 generation, uh, the, we have always had, like, a refresh. Like, either, like, a slim model. I think that's all but guaranteed. Or, or at the very least, I think a console that's at least faster, uh, maybe maybe more, maybe better frame rate, more consistent frame rates and resolution. So I think we'll get something down the line. But, again, like, because of the, you know, the world situation, I, I just don't think it's as necessary. But I feel like... Both Sony and Microsoft, they're each thinking, if we don't do it and the other one does, like, like it, it looks bad for us. I mean, that's, that's how I see it. Each one doesn't want to be caught with their pants down, so to speak. So each one's going to kind of release something, I think, as a mid-gen refresh in a couple of years, just to keep the spotlight on them, just so the core gamers can stay on their, you know, in, in their lane. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, the majority of the games released are still third-party, and... It's all about like being the best place to play these third-party games. So it's always a constant competition of each brand to one-up each other on that on that front. So I do think it's possible and very likely, given our history of of, of you know past generations. I don't think I would buy. I wouldn't be a day one buyer of it unless it's really compelling. But um, yeah, 
Uh, for better or for worse, as awkward as it may seem, given how scarce they, they are right now, I do see them doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, too, I'll have to agree with you on that, MLD, because, uh, you know, I, again, I've only had uh, this console for, what, two years now, if that. And you know, we've seen game after game getting delayed, obviously, because of, you know, the worldwide situation, how it's been over the past few years. And that's understandable, but I, I can't see myself putting, uh, like, uh, investing in another uh, console in like the next year or so when I just I don't feel like I've really taken advantage or they've taken advantage of uh, the hardware as it is right now so but again that's me um Eric Pell I mean uh, what do you think about this could we be seeing a mid-jet refresh based on um, this company's uh, comments or do you think it's further out uh yeah I think it's definitely further out like at least 2025 or 26 or something thereafter because like we're not like others have pointed out you like you can't even go in and see these consoles on the shelves <laughs> like i go into uh, when i just took my pc into best buy to get that uh get it worked on there's nothing like there's no stock in the actual stores <laughs> um so it's like still hard to get a lot of these consoles um so it for me it just wouldn't really make hey we're gonna release a pro and you can't even get the other one but maybe like it just doesn't make any sense especially with the chip shortage and how how much of an issue they're having with the uh silicon to produce enough because you're seeing that where the first in like i don't know since did they say the first time ever or first time since like 2010 or something like that where uh xbox outsold the playstation and in, in uh, japan which oh, it right. wasn't like a great number, um, but it just shows you how like low the stock was for the PS5, like for that week. Um, so it's just like they're having a an issue there. Otherwise, they because the demand's super high because people are like, you know, don't worry about the sales. You know, it's, the demand for PS5 is still way higher than Xbox. I'm like, well, but the issue is if you can't get them all in people's hands, it doesn't really make a difference. Um, you should it, like it should should be like two to one right now, like probably with the demand and how you don't need a Xbox console, you know, for their games. Period. You can just play on the PC, whereas with PS5's games, you do need, um, you know, a console unless you want to wait out a few years for the PC version. Um, so for that, they should be probably blowing the Xbox out of the water in that sense. But you know, it's not that far off and. Xbox has had literally no, <laughs> unfortunately, almost next to no games since 2020. They've had, you know, basically Forza and Halo Infinite. Um, and Sony, to their credit, has had quite a bit. So they should be destroying them. And yeah, they're up like four or five million, but it, you know, it's not near the, like the two to one like it used to be. So, and it probably would be if they could keep up with the uh, stock. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would certainly be, uh, well, we'd be seeing a lot larger uh, spreads in the numbers for sure. Um, it's just interesting how, yeah, I mean, actually, it's that's interesting that you bring up the sales too in Japan, because you're right, Eric. I mean, it wasn't even that much. I mean, Xbox did uh, beat them at this, but it was technically the Series S, right? The Series S was the big seller, if I'm not mistaken. And people were right to point out, like, 
those weren't still weren't good sales like the Xbox had. It was better than what Xbox had, but they weren't good. But it just shows you how much lower the PlayStation stock for that week. I think they bounced back the week after, but you know they. It, you we've seen that like in the recent you know, like Europe charts, and so for them not to be able to even in any capacity here we're, we're almost two years since the consoles launched and we're not like it's not any better <laughs> so it's like i don't know when this is ending of as far as like when you're going to be able to like see stock in the stores where they're actually able to because that's their issue is producing these devices that take up so much more silicon and it takes so much more to produce so for you know you don't I don't think this is gonna hit but you know in by 2023 so or when you know 2023 rolls around here in six months so like what are we looking at like two years after that and they're gonna drop one who knows we're probably gonna be like a year from now and it's still the same issue like you still can't find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a, well, in my personal opinion, it's going to be a little while before we see a refresh. But again, maybe someone else might have a, a different take. Uh, Centurion, pal, I mean, I would love to know what your thoughts are on this. Uh, obviously, it's interesting seeing a, a large, uh, like, TV seller, TV maker uh, making these comments. I mean, it could be that, you know, they're over-anticipating uh, the mid-gen refreshes. But, I mean, they would also be in the know i would think about some things uh, what's your take on this uh well when this first came out i shrugged at it because i understand tcl makes one of the best f on a budget 4k panels out there um especially if you can't get one of the the upper name brand ones tlc really does have its act together on producing a quality product um but i did shrug it off um, because I mean, it, it's still TCL. I'm not trying to be rude. Um, but, um, I'm glad that TCL knows what's going on in, in Sony and Xbox's house. The reason why I say this is because, um, for starters, everybody is going to potentially say something just to get attention on them. But I also like what in uh, crusader said, and he kind of took the words out of my mouth. Um, when it first came out, it felt like an estimate more like uh hey this is the way it's been but the only problem is every company every single company cannot seem to wrap their minds around the fact that covid happened and it is totally screwed all the timetables that is why we see game delays from starfield redfall that's why it's questionable on whether we're gonna see god of war ragnarok do i want it delayed no but right now, with the way things are, delays could happen at any moment. And for some reason, these companies can't seem to get out of their way because it's like, oh, my God, well, it was like this. Well, you know, back before. Guess what? This is the new norm. COVID happened. Sorry it did. But this is the way things operate now. And things are actually going to slow down. And there is going to be delays. And I don't think TCL can plan for that. And yeah, uh, as I think Shockley said it. We're probably going to see these mid-gen refreshes probably like 2025, 2026. We're, we're not going to see it 2023, 2024. Are you kidding? You know, um, but somebody did throw a little bit of a tidbit of like knowledge my way. I wouldn't even say knowledge. It was more like fruit for thought because boy, did my mind wrap around this. What if PlayStation deliberately halted 
the production of the PS5 because they realized that they're not really great at designing hardware. That is something that has been a, a big problem for them in the past because they have always been just buy it off the shelf. They've never really tried to do custom things. And we've seen on how big the heat sink is in the PS5. We've heard how much silicon is used in the PS5. We all know that the PS5 actually honestly could use a redesign. Let's not deny that. And somebody threw some food for thought at me saying, what if they deliberately halted the production of the PS5? Obviously, they know that they're creating delays, but they also know that in the redesign, they have a chance to actually make the materials that they have at least at their disposal right now go further. They've seen this happen with Xbox on how they've slowed down on the production of the Series X and went for that big old golden brass ring in the sky with the Series S and were able to make more consoles because it required less materials. And what if Sony has been paying attention to that? And what if they want to come out with two versions of the console, something that consumes a lot of silicon that basically comes out very rarely like a unicorn. And then they have that other console that they're able to punch out unit after unit after unit because of the redesign. And that I could not refute that this potentially could be in the cards, at least for PlayStation, because yeah, I'm going to be one of those that come out and admit it. The PS five is in need of a redesign. Yeah, I mean, I do like the console itself, but it, but yeah, design-wise, it could certainly be better. It uh, needs to be in a smaller package. Uh, it needs to have a much more optimized uh, cooling system, uh, probably something with a proper vapor chamber, not something simulating a vapor chamber. Uh, there needs to be a better heat sink uh, distributed onto the board with more contacts on the board. Um, there's a lot of things that could really go into the PS5 that are very apparent just from watching channels like Gamers Nexus when he was probing the PS5s, uh, both the original launch editions and the redesign. Hmm. Yeah, again, it's just kind of puzzling. The thing looks like a giant alien surfboard to me, so... I mean, that's why I just kind of like the way that the, the Xbox series... well. I mean, both series consoles look pretty good, but the Series X, I mean, it's designed, uh, it's very simply designed, but it's more compact, and it has that huge, huge chamber, that vent that just goes up, so I just think that it was better planned, personally, but then again, I'm not a hardware guy, but I think a lot of people would agree with me well, on that you could Well, you could see how good the hardware team is over at uh, Xbox, Microsoft, um, and it has nothing to do with the fact that David Preen's a great guy, but it shows um, through ingenuity, like in the Series X and splitting the motherboard, something that had never been done in a game console. It, it's stuff like that that really sets the bar, at least for hardware development, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, we should have David on sometime again. He's always good to chat with, you know, very knowledgeable. And, uh, you know, we, again, we just always learn something uh, when he's on the show. Yeah. I'll see if I can hit him up. But, uh, yeah, guys, honestly, um, with these whole mid-gen refresh talks, I, I honestly think that it's a little too early to say right now. I know I'm playing it safe by uh, saying that, but really, you know, again, with the as we were talking about the supply constraints and just being able to find these consoles how they are now, it, it's kind of difficult resource wise and uh they're just kind of untapped as they are anyways 
So I don't th- I don't think we'll be seeing them anytime soon, personally. But still interesting to hear that we got tidbits of uh, you know from other companies, you know what they're anticipating, anyways. Always interesting that way. Um, guys, you know, guys in the chat, everybody listening, if you are enjoying uh, what we're talking about so far, then please hit the like button and share this out. Uh, let everybody know that we have gone live. Uh, let everybody uh, join in. Get the word out there, all right? And, of course, it's great to see you all here. Other Zinc, always great to see you, pal. Patman Jones, Mike from uh, Next Level Gaming, General Spartan, and so on. Always great to see you here, fellas. Now, uh, guys, why don't we move on to some other things? And earlier this week, everyone's favorite gaming outlet, Kotaku, uh, put out an article on Xbox Game Pass titled Xbox Game Pass uh, Burnout is Here. Ooh, that's interesting. (laughs) Claiming that there's a trend on uh, Twitter with people being fed up with the service and that they're unsubscribing. Well, uh, Xbox chimed in on their article stating, you know, tell me you limit yourself to only AAA games without telling me you limit yourself to only AAA games. Yeah, it uh, did not go that well for uh, Kotaku, to say the least. <laughs> there was quite the ratio. Uh, you, you guys should take a look at it. It's uh, it's getting pretty bad at this point. Uh, Centurion Buddy, I'll uh, hit you up here. I'm sure you've uh, been made aware of Kotaku's article. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, the responses uh, to it and so on. Uh, like, Do you think that they make valid points at all? Or is this just meant to be more clickbaity oh this is straight up clickbait let's not get that out of the way um and by the way they weren't the only ones getting ratioed um in exile joined uh xbox on this whole little on this whole little like targeted uh like basically cutting of the knees of some people on twitter uh the kotaku one was the one that kicked it all off with that thing uh you know after years of hype game pass burnout is here Oh, man, you know damn well when somebody stroked that keystroke to get that thing on the Internet, they did that with a smile on their face because they knew exactly what that article was going to do. And boy, did it light the Internet on fire. Um, But we did. It was definitely killer on how Microsoft responded. And that's where no Game Pass burnout is at least not there for me. Whoop de doo. Two games got canceled. Let's really look at this from a numbers perspective. Unless you're going out and getting deals on the internet and doing all this other stuff that I know is possible. Let's talk about the average person that works too damn much like me. And literally, if I was to stop paying Game Pass Ultimate right now and go down to a gold subscription, I'm going to pay $9 a month to play online. And for $6 more, I can have access to games. Are you kidding? Like, the, the to me, the math kind of just doesn't make sense in canceling the subscription or feeling burned out. There's always something there. My life doesn't revolve around exclusive titles. Um, Yeah, I know they're like flagpoles and they kind of help establish the brand, but also at the same time, there's other offerings in there. Um, We've played other great games um, like um, uh, Invader, help me with this. Um, The one with the dwarves that mine. Oh, Deep Rock Galactic. Deep Rock Rock Galactic. Deep Deep Rock Galactic, great game. Obviously, in game preview, went into Game Pass. A lot of people uh, tried it out, enjoyed it. Not not an exclusive game, but it's also multiplayer. It's over on PlayStation. 
But guess what? I got to play it in Game Pass, and I had an absolute blast. Uh, right now, we've got something that's targeted in Game Pass that people aren't picking up on. We've got Jurassic Park Evolution 2. Yeah, not everybody's cup of tea, but let's look at the fact that next, well, actually here in the next couple days, couple weeks, week and a half, two weeks, we've got the new Jurassic Park movie coming out. So now Game Pass is becoming relevant. It's keeping up with things in the theaters. There's a lot more to Game Pass than just exclusives. And I really loved how Microsoft tackled that with Kotaku. And obviously Kotaku got ratioed on that. But then other people tried joining in and in exile games uh, decided to come to Microsoft's aid. And some guy on the internet decided to say, how does it feel to make Game Pass fodder for the rest of your existence because you got bought out by Microsoft? (laughs) And in exile comes back with, uh, like, I forget, it was like something like job stability, creative freedom, peace of mind, stress-free work environment, highly recommend it. You know, it was basically something of saying greatest job in the world, highly recommend it. And like, I mean, it was just some of these responses from Microsoft this week. Uh, Somebody definitely uh, ate their Wheaties before they went and decided to piss in someone else's. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you summed it up pretty well, to be honest. And like... (sighs) Kotaku, I'll admit, I, I never go to Kotaku anymore. I, I just, I, they have very, their articles just are very out of left field to say the least. I just, I don't know, I can't take them seriously. It's when I thought things would get better when they got rid of Jason, but apparently Jason at least was at least one. <laughs> now that's all they have left is clickbait. <laughs> He at least wrote decent stories that were researched, you know? I know, right? They had horrible titles, but, like, you know, I remember the Bungie expose back in the day with what the fuck went wrong with uh, Bungie, you know, Destiny 1. You remember that? Yeah, the whole Activision That that huge article he wrote? You know, so, like, you know, (laughs) God. Well, it's just, it's weird. I mean, well, yeah. At least, well, yeah, and he was one of the uh, the better writers there, which says a lot. <laughs> but um, it's just it's such a weird take too, because I think a lot of people going into Game Pass, uh, they know that they're not just getting Xbox exclusive titles. I mean, you you can't just fill it with exclusives. Obviously, that's why they court indie developers, third party, and so on. And I could, you know, it doesn't take a lot of effort, right? I can. I just did a simple search, like because I forget what's on the service half the time, to be honest. But I, I download all kinds of things, and there's a lot of things that, or genres that I may not be interested in, but a lot of other people are. For example, Stardew Valley is on there, a farming sim, that's very popular. Uh, the Outer Wilds, a, a sci-fi adventure game, a very popular game as well. Among Us. Uh, like one of those social experiment games, popular title. I mean, I could go on and on. The Artful Escape, I really enjoyed that. I know, like, you know, some people didn't like, um, you know, like this. It's a more of like a, a music space opera kind of game. But I really dug it, to be honest with you. And I was glad that it came to the platform. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice. Uh, and again, guys, I could go on and on. Uh, Don't forget your snap- Sniper Elite 5. Hollow Knight. <laughs> Hollow Knight, uh, yeah, guys, there's so, yeah, and like you just mentioned, uh, Century and uh, Sniper Elite 5, I, I'll admit I'm still early on, I just uh, tried it out the other day, I gotta put some more time into it, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, that, that it was 
pretty exciting to me that that game came onto the service. So when I see these kinds of articles pop up, it just kind of makes me scratch my head at, well, you know, why are you guys writing this? Because they even admit, too, that, you know, it basically uh, the article was written because they were going by Twitter trends, which, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't really mean much, to See, be honest. When, when you write an article based on trends, and you know, Invader, I've written articles, I've done it for fun, I have not been paid for it, but I've at least gotten insight on how it works. Uh, I've gotten to at least write articles on WordPress using Yoast. Yoast is a built-in uh, like reader for your articles, um, and it basically helps you write your articles for an algorithm. And you got to meet like a certain form. You got to meet, key you got to put a keyword in there so many times. It's like literally grading you as you work. And when you're trying to write because of what's going on in social media, at this point, you're not writing to be creative. You're basically writing like just something to appease an algorithm to basically funnel people to your site. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, I, I just, I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm just. You know, some uh, gaming outlets, they don't even act like gaming outlets anymore. It's just been kind of a slow demise. Um, MLD, buddy, I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I'm pretty sure you saw Kotaku's article and, you know, the social media going on about that. Uh, like, please uh, give me your thoughts on this whole mess. Oh, yes. Do I, do I have thoughts on this? Well... First off, it's just a damn shame because I used to frequent Kotaku every day, almost in the, like the 360 period. Like they had some really good writing, uh, some good articles, good news, and to see them devolve into like this kind of like clickbaity, like it's like tabloid magazines for celebrities. Like, mm -hmm. like that's just like that kind of like ugh, that kind of writing, you know. But uh, I think it's emotional, it's reactionary, it's clickbait because Game Pass was the exact same service this week recently regardless if starfield was coming or not the service like today was not, was not going to be any different which is why they're just capitalizing on these knee-jerk reactions for delays that are let's be honest here these delays that were out of xbox's control these games were in development before xbox got bethesda so i mean it is what it is i mean in the end the delays will ensure the quality that we want we all want the games to be great but ultimately these games were in development beforehand and if they need the time, so be it. Now, now that, that does leave an, uh, an, what, an empty so slot in the holiday period. We'll see what the June showcase has to say about that. So I'll reserve judgment for that until after the June showcase. But Game Pass is much, much more than that. For Kotaku to assume that Game Pass is only meant uh, to be subscribed for first-party AAA games is ridiculous. Sure, do we like these games? Of course we do. But that's not like... That's, that's not the main thing. I mean, like, for example, off the top of my head, this year, I played, like, Stardew Valley. I put, like, three days worth into that game. I, and that, that, that oh, was, like, wow. one of those Game Pass surprises. Oh, yeah, I, I really went to town on that game. And it was one of those things where it's, like, I didn't expect to play it, but you end up playing it because it was on Game Pass, and you just fall in love with it. Like, GTA San Andreas, I played Contrast, The Gunk, Tunic. I'm playing Sniper Elite 5 right now. Like, they they completely disregarded the third-party value from this. Like, not just the indies. I'm talking, like, third-party games. Like, Sniper Elite 5, I just said that. Plague Tale 2, Atomic Heart, that's this year. Deathloop when it comes to Xbox. I mean, these games also add up. As long as you meet 
the $180 a year quota, like value quota, like the price for that, you are saving money. You are getting bang for your buck. And to only limit yourself to first party games to meet that $180 yearly quota, like that to me, just you're not using the full service. You gotta look at everything. Oh, oh, oh man, I just be, I, I totally forgot. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I put a hundred hours into that game, essentially paying $15 for the month to have a hundred hours worth of gameplay. Like you cannot limit yourself to just AAA first party. Is it important? Of course it is, but there's just so much more. These guys at Game Pass adds 12 games, like what, uh, what? Like 20 games overall per month on average, give or take per month and people expect every game to appeal to you does every game appeal to me every month of course not i'm lucky if like what one game appeals to me every month for game pass to one maybe two but 12 months in the year that adds up that equals to a lot of games every year they're basically throwing so many genres so many types of like indie indie games double a triple a games they're not meant to appeal to everybody all at once they're meant to appeal to the individual tastes even if you only like a fraction of what Game Pass offers every year, you are saving potentially hundreds of dollars per year on third-party games alone. Never mind the first party, which is insane that Xbox is only, they're the only ones that are doing day one on the, on the, on the service. So we are very lucky that they, that they are doing that. And when they do drop, we are going to benefit so much from that value. So I think Kotaku, they could not be more wrong in that article. There is just so much more to Game Pass than, than the first party stuff. And they, whatever, uh, ex, the, game, the Game Pass Twitter account, when they fired back, they had every right to do so. That was slander, and they, had, and they have every right to give as good as they got. So I'm glad that they did that, and they started a whole conversation, get people talking. So, yeah, I, I'm glad Xbox didn't let that, uh, that, that little tweet article stand. I'm, I'm glad they, Kotaku got what was coming to them. So, yeah. Uh, th that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Well, I just find it very peculiar, too, because, again, MLD, it was based off of what was trending on Twitter. And a lot of Xbox fans were, like, even including the hashtag because there was a lot of sarcastic comments. You know, like, a lot of Xbox fans were just joining in on it, but they weren't serious. And, you know, just being more tongue-in-cheek about things. And it was just kind of weird that Kotaku would latch onto, you know, the whole Twitter trend thing and just kind of run with it because, well, it just didn't seem like anybody was very, you know, just very serious about it. It, just, it was just a very odd thing altogether, especially when you see that Xbox Game Pass, it's growing. Uh, Game Pass, for example, what was it? Last year, there was 18 million subscribers, and I think to date it was reported uh, 25 million January. in January. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The Activision Blizzard, they, they announced it alongside that. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, maybe a few people might unsubscribe and, you know, that's fair. I mean, you know, depending on what your situation is, okay, maybe it doesn't work for you and I can understand that, no problem. But the numbers are pretty clear that the service is very healthy, doing very well, and Xbox, Microsoft has been aggressive getting... Again, quality indies in there, uh, obviously their own titles and getting some more of their back catalog in there. Uh, courting EA, courting other publishers like Ubisoft is supposed to be joining in at some point as well. It's, 
like I just I I just personally am very baffled by uh, <laughs> this article, as I'm sure Xbox themselves was, and no wonder there was a ratio. Um, shock. Well, oh no, no, go ahead, MLD. Uh, I just want to add, like, I mean, if their objective was to get like what clickbait, like traffic, I mean, hey, I guess they succeeded, but. They're, they're supposed to be better than that. I mean, they used to be a much universe, more universally respected outlet. For them to be reduced to this low level of, like, clickbaity stuff just to get clicks for ad revenue or whatever, they, they, they can do... That's they're, all it was. much better than that. At least they That's used to be. That's all it was, was re ad revenue. So, yeah. uh, the minute... Like, have you ever... You could tell any website that is basically... Excuse how I'm going to say this, but pretty much dry humping the, the ad revenue train to death is the minute you log on to the website, whether it's on your computer or your phone, and you start having pop-up windows opening on your phone that you have to close out just to read the article, that that just shows you how obsessed they are to add revenue, that they would basically detrimentally hurt your experience on their website just to get a couple cents in change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I... Expect I, it better. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, I can't stand it when they do that. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, that's what they do. They try and piss you off with these articles that get the engagement and so on, trying to get all the Xbox fans to go in. Eh, don't like that policy, but what can you do? Can't change them. Um, let's see. Eric, buddy, I mean, I'm curious what you think. I'm I'm sure you uh, took a browse through Kotaku's, Kotaku's article. Uh, like, I don't know. What do you think of uh, what they were saying? Is, uh, you know, is it, um, like, do you agree with what MLD and uh, Centurion are saying? Like, what, what what are your thoughts here? Oh, and I think Shockley is not there at the moment. I'll move over to you, Crusader. Uh, like, uh oh can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. Ahead, oh, there you oh, are, okay. Shock. Go ahead. I, I thought I'd... I had muted myself somewhere else. Um, no, I think from what, what was already pointed out, like, guess it was any different. Like, whether or not, like, Starfield was coming out later this year, currently Game Pass, if you're subscribed to it, wasn't any different than it is now. So I think AG made it a, a good point on, uh, I forget what he's on now since he's not on uh, uh, with Matty Plays anymore. Um, on Last Stand Media, uh, but he pointed out like, okay, well, if Starfield was still coming out like later this year, and Red maybe like late, you know, probably in the late summer, probably or fall, if it was still coming, well, these next, you know, possibly six months of not, I guess, having a first-party game, are those just as much of a loss? So. Would, why would you keep subscribing to Game Pass if you're not, you know, playing any of the other games that are there that, are, you know, have to be AAA? And there are some AAA games in there, just maybe not ones that were day one. But, you know, you still have, like, Guardians. You still have uh, Scarlet Nexus. So there's some AAA games in there, the quality AAA games. Um, but what was different about it? Sure, we're going to have to wait maybe a few more months uh, for, like, Starfield. But... You know what? For those people that were gonna like, oh, I'm gonna. Every, and it was weird that everybody was. I get when people like say, can collectively all say, Game Pass is good because that's a little bit different than um, it's like 
they're saying, okay, cool, that we like Game Pass. But then it's weird. But notice how that's not, we don't know when they subscribe to Game Pass, right? But then collectively, all of these people are like, yeah, I'm going to unsubscribe to Game Pass too. Like, y'all decided that? Or did you just decide it because you saw somebody else post about it and get retweets and stuff like that was kind of weird. It's like, why would you announce it? And it is kind of weird that you're all doing it on the same day or weekend. That's kind of weird. You may have not all subscribed to Game Pass at the same initial time, but you're all, I don't know. But you were all going to stay subscribed for the next six months for no first party. You know, what about the whole rest of this year? So, you know, people dog on Xbox for having games in the first part of the year. So you were fine with not having first party games for like almost a year since, you know, Halo and then all the way to Starfield, basically. (laughs) So I don't know. It it just seemed kind of weird, you know, for a a lot of the people that were saying, you know, people are just like um, subscribing. I mean, we'll find out or we won't in the near future uh, as far as game pass numbers like for their subscribers but there's still a ton of quality you had uh tunic in there tunic was a great game if people were saying death stores game year material last year tunic's right there with it and i would say tunic's above it you know from from what i've played from both of them i'm definitely enjoying tunic a lot more a lot more cool discovery uh, a lot more even charm to it so and it's right there. It's no slouch. It's it's not a easy pushover game. You, you can lower the difficulty, but it's like if you don't, if you go in there and the default difficulty, it's a challenging game. So, um, I don't know. It just, I, but Xbox they do have to put, uh, you know, keep uh, quality tech coming. So, hopefully they got something for us in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure they're gonna announce something coming to Game Pass, um, later this year. M- might be just. Um, they're really good at putting uh, third-party games in there shortly after, so maybe we'll get you know something kind of like how we got Guardians and Scarlet Nexus shortly after they released. So as long as they can keep some of that content going, I think they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing too, Eric. Because I mean, I, I constantly download games, but I, I don't play them immediately because I mean, obviously, not all games are going to like that you download, but at the same time. You know, some of these games take time, right? So you're not going to get to, like, all these games in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, or even a couple of months. So even if games like Starfield and Redfall are delayed, and I'll admit, you know, that is, uh, you know, that does suck, obviously, and I prefer to have them, you know, sooner rather than later. But, okay, I, I want them to be in the best condition that they are, so I, I don't mind the delay, it's just... At the same time, there's so much content there and that eats up your time that, you know, does it, again, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter that those games are delayed? Probably not, right? So so there's other things that can keep your Yeah, your if they hit for that first, if they, now if they don't and they delay again, but if they hit, if both those games hit in the first half, like I don't, like a few more months, okay. Plus you're going to have death loops, so a lot of people that, didn't you know yeah weren't able to get a ps5 because a lot of people still were able to when Deathloop dropped that'll be most likely dropping in the game pass here in a few months so which people were saying was you know game in the it had high ratings game of the year material from like what people nominated it for so i mean you'll have some stuff that it's just going to drop into game pass like Deathloop, and then hopefully shortly after that you're going to have what redfall 
uh, Ghostwire Tokyo in Starfield in the first half next year, dropping in Game Pass potentially. Yeah. Like you're gonna have some content, so it's like contenting, and if maybe we could possibly get one of these games from uh, one of our Ukraine de- developers. <laughs> uh, obviously not. I think Atomic Heart got pushed back to the next to 2023, but hopefully uh, Stalker Two can hit December. <laughs> not likely, but unfortunately, that was just a bad, just that was just a bad bet there. They they invested in a lot of devs in the Ukraine. <laughs> It just happened to be the worst, uh, not the optimal time to rely <laughs> to rely on them. Not that it wasn't good to invest in, but maybe to they were relying on like Stalker two to get them until like late summer, and then Redfall hopefully and Starfield come behind it, and then that didn't happen, and then those games didn't hit either with the war going on. So just a bad roll of the dice there. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I'm looking forward to both games. Probably more so Atomic Heart, uh, as I know a few people on the panel are. Oh, what was the other one? Replaced. <laughs> Another game in the year. <laughs> like, that's, like, three hot games that look, like, pretty good um, from, like, from their trailers and releases. Replaced and Atomic Heart and Stalker 2. And then they're all probably getting pushed back to 2023, if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um it's too bad, but at the same time, hey, you know what? Give them time and there's enough there's enough content there to keep you busy. Um let's see Crusader Pal. I mean, I'm curious about uh, your commentary on this one. Like, what do you think of uh, Kotaku's uh, article and whatnot because you know, others on the panel are saying that it's slanderous what they're doing, uh, maybe kind of lazy in my opinion. What's your take? So I want to just talk about the ratio for a second. The in exile made me laugh hysterically <laughs> because, um, for those who don't know, I uh, have degrees in both computer science and mathematics, and they posted underneath the ratio, the Xbox Game Pass ratio. They had an actual picture of the golden ratio over the tweet. Uh, the the mathematical term, the golden ratio. It's a geometric. Uh, ratio and i was dying it's stupid math humor um so i i very much did appreciate the the in exile chiming in um uh that being said i thought the article itself was stupid because not not just because of the topic itself but because of what they were actually trying to cover about what was being talked which was blown way out of proportion by everyone um, and that was, uh, if I, does any, everyone knows Gene Park, you've, you've heard of him, Washington Post reporter. It was his tweet that started this whole thing. And he was talking about how he just decided he didn't really want to subscribe to Game Pass right now because there was nothing in it he necessarily wanted to play and that he would be back as soon as there was stuff he wanted to play. Um, and people ran crazy with him saying that. Um, and that conversation does not even come close to actually correlating with, um, Kotaku's headline because they, everyone of the major, uh, like, I want to say, I don't want to say influencers because like Tony, like Tony Planko is another one. He's not an influencer. He's another reporter. Um, MVG was another one. He is an, an influencer content creator. 
they all explicitly stated that as soon as there was content that they wanted in the surface, that they would be right back to the service because it is such a good deal. It's just that right now there's nothing that they really wanted to play. And I mean, the whole reason that they were talking about it together was because Gene brought it up. Tony had canceled a few weeks ago and he had, uh, he had talked about that. And I put out a thing and I do believe that some of these people should be saying things like this because it, you know, I like it when people review games. I like it when people review the services. Like, uh, I like listening to reviews of, like, the new stuff that's come to Netflix, the new stuff that's come to, um, uh, you know, all the services. And I, I think that's something that going forward, because we're having all the things like the PS Plus Extra, Premium, uh, Nintendo Switch Online, and the online expansion, which is awful, um, and Game Pass, that we, we should have more conversations about is it worth it right now in in this month um that being said you know i'm not canceling I, I i made my piece a few weeks ago about me saying i was disappointed with the non-replacement of the value proposition but there's still well more than enough value to keep me subscribed it's just i i was disappointed they didn't replace the the promised value um and you know what Gene said, he was completely right to say. You know, he was. He said that right now there's not a whole lot I want to play. He wanted to save his money, and he'll be back exactly when there's more stuff to play. And I, I guarantee he'll be back this fall if that Gears of War collection drops because he loves Gears of War. He was even talking about that in the thread that like he he canceled right after he finished his Gears of War playthrough. Um, and it was so dumb that people ran left and right with this and, and made it a whole trend. It was blown way out of proportions. And Kotaku sent it over the moon, and I think Xbox kind of shut it down by being like, look, we do have a lot of great stuff. And they do. They do have a lot of good stuff. May they Have they been lacking in, like, day one launches this year? Maybe a little bit compared to last year, but it hasn't been too bad. Um, they, they do need to get the solid first party down, so that this conversation just ends forever. Um, but th there's way more than enough reason to be subscribed right now, especially for people who haven't been in the service before. If you have been in the service before, you've been in there since day one, maybe maybe it's a little rough on you right now. But I mean, you're still getting all of the sales discounts from gold. You're still getting access to all of these games you can play with your friends. There's still stuff coming every day. Um, I think n next month we definitely have at least two Ubisoft games coming, right? I, I know uh, uh, yeah. Origins is supposed to come in early June in the first drop. Um, and that's supposed to be getting its 60 FPS update in that drop. That's going to be awesome mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And keep in mind, too, uh, that's also not including uh, like the Game Pass for PC as well, right? If you're an yeah. Ultimate member. So there's a ton of content there. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, you want to go down that route. Um. So, you know, uh, I, I'm still at the point where I'm never going to unsub, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't need, you know, there's, I get way, well more than enough value out of it. Maybe there's a couple months where, you know, I don't need it this month just because I'm playing so many things elsewhere and I'm not actually, I'm not on my Xbox necessarily, but I, I even haven't had that this year yet. Um, Destiny hasn't been all consuming at any point this year yet. Uh so yeah, I, I, th this whole situation was dumb. It was it, it was not quite as dumb as the the indie developer who wasn't porting the DLC dumb, but it, it was dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that one was pretty weird too, but just this whole situation that came out of this article just very very weird altogether and in a way I'm kind of glad that uh Xbox social media was having fun with this as well as a few studios as someone mentioned in exile I was happy to see them uh, get in on that as well as Brian Fargo uh it just it, it was kind of fun that way but I just I really wish that some of these uh gaming news outlets uh you know took things a little more professionally rather than clickbaity so yeah, it's unfortunate but at the same time uh that's the state of the uh industry at the moment or at least uh journalism <laughs> but um guys guys in the chat let me know what uh, you think about this because it's yeah, very weird very weird all altogether um okay i i think we'll uh move on over to some other things uh to our last topic actually for the night and it's a combination of a few things, actually. Uh, there are reports of Xbox turning down a few rather big deals. Uh, some from, yeah, a few years ago. Some more recent. Uh, first up, uh, in an excerpt from a, well, a History of Video Games book, uh, the head of Marvel Games explained how the company, um, well, they cut ties with Activision. Uh, they'd obviously worked on a whole bunch of Marvel games with them, and they were just looking for other publishers for their titles, other developers. And they had presented Microsoft with an exclusivity deal, but apparently uh, they they declined. They declined the offer, which is interesting. Uh, General MLD, but I'll head to you here first. Uh, obviously, a few years have passed since this had happened, and Marvel made a deal with Sony. Uh, did Microsoft make a mistake on this one, or is it just like it? Or is it just wiser for them to focus on their own IP? What, what what's your thoughts on this? Oh yeah, like this was definitely interesting once uh, you know Twitter became aware of this uh, first with the Marvel and then with Kotor. But I guess I'll I'll, I'll talk to uh, each one uh, one at a time here. First with Marvel, I think someone correct me on the date. I think this was what 2017 or somewhere around there before their. 2018 buyouts, I think, is when this deal was presented to them. I think that's how I remember reading it. Marvel was and, earlier. Marvel was 2014 or 15. Perfect. Yeah. X. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. At this time, I mean, on the surface, every you know the, the PlayStation guys they jump on this saying you know it was a, you know they, they missed a golden opportunity or you know they, they they laugh about stuff. But when you think about it, at the time, Xbox only had five developers: Turn 10, 343, Mo Yang. Uh, coalition and uh, rare, like when when you think about it, who are they gonna pick to make it? Like they all had their own things going on at the time. Maybe the coalition, but they're make they're making Gears Four and uh, eventually Gears Five. Like everyone I, I, at the time, I don't see it, their studios at the time being a fit for uh, yeah for that kind of game. As nice as it would have been. I, I think Xbox just was not in a place at that time, especially 12, what, 12, 2014, 2015. That's when their budget was like not they, their their budget got gutted. Like uh, Xbox did not have the financial backing of, of Microsoft at the time, not even close. It wasn't until like what uh, 2017, 2018, when their buyouts and uh, Game Pass really started to happen, and that's when like the whole turnaround really started. But at that time, it makes when you really think about it, it just makes sense. Xbox was just not in a position to do that uh, with Marvel. They just yeah, didn't have the studios, didn't have the free time to do that. So it is what it is. 
Sony did have the studio to do that, and uh, that happened to be Insomniac. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, good for them. They they capitalized on that. But that going forward, that shouldn't really be an issue because Xbox now has more studios than they know what to do with. But now going into KOTOR, I I heard that yeah, Xbox was also approached about that, and the and the that was also declined. That I'm a little more uh, that, that's a little more more of a head scratcher because if they like, I feel like that would be a slam dunk for their publishing arm. Like, I mean, what, Xbox, the original Xbox had KOTOR. I mean, the, people associate the original Xbox with the original uh, Knights of the Old Republic. It just makes sense. I feel like with all the money that they're investing nowadays, what, what, what's to stop one more publishing deal if they could have had it? So, uh, I, don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, we don't know what goes behind closed doors. Obviously, Xbox has a lot going on on their plate in terms of the acquisitions. Bethesda, Activision Blizzard, all the individual studios that, that they've been buying and building up over the years. Maybe they are, you know, maybe they're at their limit with all their investments. Maybe their publishing arm just, they got their own deals going on that we don't know about. We might see more of their publishing deals and efforts uh, this June. So, I mean, maybe it's just a matter of that. I feel like KOTOR was a golden opportunity that they unfortunately missed. But, um yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But the Marvel one, I completely understand why. They just weren't ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am kind of yeah. scratching my head at uh, the KOTOR thing because that was one of the more beloved exclusive titles on the original Xbox console. But like you said, we don't know like you know what the details would have been for this deal and so on. So, um, But it, you know, it would have been nice to have an exclusive uh, Star Wars title. But, oh well. Um... Let's see here. Uh, Centurion, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you want to dive right into this. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this? Um, is it a mistake that Xbox turned down these deals, or, or are they okay just uh, focusing on their own IP? Like, what are your thoughts? I'm not going to, like, label it a mistake because, you know, we uh, let's start with Marvel, just like Jim, General MLD did. Um, at the time, Microsoft was not in a place to want to do a deal like that. Um, both financially, um, internally as a company, they were a little like up and down. They were restructuring themselves. Phil Spencer had just come in the hot seat just because you get in the hot seat and you're the guy in charge. Doesn't mean there's a checkbook on the desk waiting for you. Um, and also dude, like they had a lot of Phil Spencer and a lot of the developers, the teams in charge over there had a lot of bad sour tastes in their mouth from companies like Platinum Games go running amok with their money and developing games for other consoles. Um, and obviously Lionhead Studios. Now Lionhead Studios has come out. That's a mistake that Xbox will come out and, and, and admit to. And we have seen that Microsoft learns from their mistakes. So that's why, uh, is it a mistake that they let uh, you know Marvel slip by? I'm not gonna say that because we don't know exactly what was going on then. And they did what was best for them at that time. So whatever helps you, you can't really call it a mistake, even though, yeah, it was a, maybe a missed opportunity, but not a mistake. But at the same time, um, maybe it's made Xbox a little bit better as a brand for not having Marvel there. I feel that Sony has got a lot of passes. They've also received a lot of help from companies like Disney when it comes to marketing these games. Um, so it, in my opinion, makes Xbox have to be just that much more, uh, it, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inventive in how they're going to make up for that. 
Um, and we have seen that Microsoft can be very inventive when it comes to competing. Uh, we saw that with Game Pass and other strategies that have completely left-fielded the gaming industry and changed it by uh, adhering to some of these business practices. When it comes to KOTOR, um, now, in the conversations I have with the people I like to talk to this stuff about, we don't instantly just go and gravitate. And I'm not saying to anybody. I'm just saying I don't instantly get on that oh my God, this is bad. The glass is half empty kind of thing. We rather just kind of hatch it out, talk about it and, and really brainstorm. Why would you pass up on KOTOR? Well, yes, it is a game that helped establish the original Xbox um, on the market. It was exclusive. Yes. Um, in my opinion, it was some of Bioware's finest work when it came to being able to do stuff for the Star Wars franchise. Um, but who's to say in this marketing deal, that, hey, you guys get KOTOR, something you've already had, something that you've done in the past, and you get KOTOR, but on our next future project that is unnamed, you, you might end up having to give up marketing rights to uh, A, B, or C company. And, you know, what, Microsoft has always been a company that really prides itself on trying to embrace the future rather than they always, yeah, backwards compatibility, they always want to bring forward uh, past purchases. Uh, but like I've said in the past, uh, you know, Game Pass and Microsoft feel like the place to play gaming now where PlayStation's creating the gaming then. Um, and I really feel that maybe Microsoft didn't want to shoehorn themselves into a situation where they could potentially not have marketing rights on a future game or having to allow another company have those rights or whatever could have been created by having KOTOR as part of their portfolio. Um, and so they probably passed on that and we might see the fruits of that. We just saw uh, Star Wars Jedi Jedi Survivor. Is that what it's called? Yes, that's correct. Okay. I know I tweeted it out. Um, I'm excited to see that the you know the, the Jedi Star Wars Jedi franchise is definitely going to come back. Respawn has made another game. I'm excited for this and we st I still have not seen a PlayStation or an Xbox logo appear before any of these trailers so i'm curious on are we going to see this at june 12th uh stage show are we going to see respawn gaming come out with ea and we're going to get a nice good look at star wars jedi survivor uh we also have um uh quantic dreams new game uh star wars is star wars eclipse oh yeah yeah so another one that you know xbox could be totally uh wanting to check out there's a number of reasons why you can at least make an argument that they would want to pass on KOTOR. Is it tragic? Yes. Am I trying to white knight or defend Microsoft? No. I'm just trying to give a logical devil's advocate reason that there could possibly be a much brighter light at the end of the tunnel for passing on KOTOR for potentially uh, something uh, that Microsoft was much more interested in. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think you put it well, too, about the whole missed opportunities thing, because, I mean, we, we really, you know, in hindsight, I mean, we know how things have went. Uh, uh, Spider-Man went on to sell, what, like over 20 million copies, and I don't think that's even including the Miles Morales uh, spinoff, plus they have a couple of other... You know, can I interject on that just mm -hmm. real quick? Yeah. In my opinion, before... Tony, um, before Robert Downey Jr. got in that metal suit and played um, Spider-Man 
and they started integrate, in, uh, integrating, uh, or you know, kind of weaving in Spider-Man into the Avengers universe. That's when Spider-Man became relevant again for me. And I say again, I grew up as a little kid. I love Spider-Man. Everybody wanted to be him. But after the Tobey Maguire's and the other reboots that were done under prediction, I, I was just spider man out by the time uh, that Microsoft was offered this deal. And if you really want me to be truthful, I probably would have not been up in arms if Microsoft came out and said, hey, we're doing this exclusive Spider-Man game. I would have been like, that. that's wonderful. I feel that now if they did something like that, it would have a lot more weight to me because I feel that at least Spider-Man now as a franchise is a much better place than it was back during the time when this offer was made, at least in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. And then you also look at the time period too, right, Centurion, because, I mean, in 2014, 2015, what happened? Well, Microsoft bought... Mojang, they bought Minecraft, right, for two point, what was it, two point three billion dollars, something crazy like that, and they made that money back within a, a couple of months. So, I mean, you know that, I mean, they they were investing in titles. It's just, you know, they were being a little more uh, strategic, I would argue. But, um, you know, I mean, there's there's different um ways to view this and. Again, in hindsight, you know, we, you know, we can look at things just at the time you don't know. And I think you bring up a good point, too, about the uh, Marvel films in relation to the game, because who knows, maybe if they didn't introduce uh, or reintroduce Spider-Man into uh, their cinematic universe, maybe, uh, you know, things could have turned out differently. Maybe there wouldn't have been as much hype and so on, right? So I, you want me to be, a, in my opinion, what has really saved the Spider-Man franchise for me is Tom Holland. Um, that's why every time I read an article about Disney or whoever wanting to replace Tom Holland, I'm like, you're stupid. Like, Tom Holland is an amazing actor. We've seen him play play Drake in the Uncharted movies. Uh, Sony has a real gem underneath their umbrella with Tom, Tom Holland, and I just really feel he fits the role of Peter Parker quite well. Mm, yeah. I mean, personally, I thought he was miscast as Drake, but... You know, as as Peter Parker, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I as Peter Parker, yeah. yes, I know they're doubling down on him. I, it's good to see though he's getting roles that at least have recognition to them, and he's not just doing these offshoot roles. Like, I mean, the actors that, and I'm not trying to diss them, but the actors that played Spider-Man back there before, at least, uh, Sony's kind of like creation of what is now the Marvel universe. Um, I feel a lot of the actors that played Spider-Man were just kind of plucked from like not being very popular, trying to be made popular. And they went right back to being unpopular actors after they got out of the Spider-Man role. Mm. I mean, I remember that uh, first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie back when I was in high school and the amount of people wanting to go see that movie. It was just like, there was a flood of people at the theater. It was insane. Well, that was because that was the first time we saw Spider-Man done with the invention of uh, special CG effects. Back then, it was just very horrible camera angles of people climbing sideways on a building and wires. Um, That was what really made that Tobey Maguire movie really pop out was the fact for the first time we were going to see Spider-Man actually able to soar through the buildings like he was talked about in the comic books. 
Uh, but for me, what really burned me out on Tobey Maguire is when we got to the third movie and we're <laughs> casting the kid from that 70s show as 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 Venom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Topher Grace. I, yeah. Topher Grace. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just saying when when you think of Eddie Brock and, and, and Venom, that's not him. Yeah, no. And I'll agree with you. There was a miscast there, but. I don't know, man. Just something about those Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Mans. I don't know. I just, I, I'm kind of nostalgic for them in a lot of ways. Maybe not the third one, but the first and second ones. Man, I thought I thought they did a lot of good justice to the. The first uh, the and IP. second ones were were really good, and I, dude, I think that might be on part just because of uh, James, James Franco and uh, what's his name who played the Green Goblin. Oh, Willem Dafoe. William Dafoe. Oh man. That dude, I don't care what role that dude plays in. Like, he's awesome. And him playing the Green Goblin was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Crusader, buddy, I mean, I'm curious on your thoughts about the whole uh, Xbox turning down, uh, like, a few of these IP. I mean, again, like, some of these stories, they go back a couple of years. Maybe uh, one's more recent. But, uh, again, you know, you're all about, uh, you know, the... Uh, the leaks and the commentary and so on the behind the scenes like please give me your take on this the marvel one is not a leak or a rumor that came out from someone who actually is within the scene was in a book i believe yeah that's correct yeah so that one's not that that one is definitive it happened and I, i think everyone's stated exactly why it happened they didn't have the studios now i would like to point out that when insomniac released the first spider man they were not owned by um sony at the time they were still an independent studio but even if you look at microsoft's close partner studios they really only had a few and the only one who was really qualified to make a game that is on the level of um, the Spider-Man game that Insomniac made was uh, uh, Remedy. And Remedy was deep in development for the um, Quantum Break game that came out. Well, it was 2016, right, that that came out? Quantum Break well, it was uh, 16, yeah, 16. Yeah, so, so they didn't really have anyone in first party or second party, and they did have six studios, not five, because Lion's Head was still in existence at that point. Um, so th- th- there was really no one that they could call upon at the time to do something that was outside of their own IPs. So, you know, uh, I'm not mad about that one it, it, at all. Like, at all. They, they made the right choice for the time. If, if they had made that same choice today with all the studios they own, I think I'd be a little bit more confused unless they legitimately couldn't find a first or third party studio to make it with them. They're in such a different place today than they were then. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want external IPs thrust upon studios within their studio structure Mm -hmm. if they don't want to make them. And that includes IPs that they holistically own. Like Like, everyone says they want Obsidian to make a Fallout game. You know, another one. But if Obsidian doesn't want to make a Fallout game, I don't want them to make a Fallout game. Does that make sense? It, it, like, oh, I, no, I, want the, I want these studios to make what they want to make. Now, if a studio says, well, hot damn, I want to make a Star Wars game, you know, you get us a Star Wars IP and we want to make a Star Wars game, then I'm all for that. Make it, right? 
Now, when it comes to this, um, the passing on KOTOR, that itself is a leak. That was not, is that, well, I shouldn't say leak. That was a rumor. We don't have any official mm -hmm. documentation that says it. It was Mr. Matty Plays mm -hmm. um, said that he had heard that they had also passed on KOTOR. And I, I trust him more in this area because he is like the king of RPGs. You know, he has, he does have, he's known to have sources in the past. He, so there's credibility behind what he says. Um, and he said that he heard that Microsoft skipped on KOTOR. And he said, everyone's hearing that they skipped on it. And that's, that's all they're, they're hearing. They're not hearing the, the why that Maddie said it. Mm -hmm. And he said that they had skipped it because of the developer, because it wasn't that Microsoft was going to get this IP and take it to an external developer. It was that this IP was at Aspire and they were looking for someone to publish Aspire and that Microsoft skipped because it was Aspire because Aspire has never made a holistically original piece of content. They've only done remaster and port work, right? And this is not a remaster or port. This is a holistic remake. They are making fresh assets from scratch. We don't even know if it's going to be in the same type of play style. We just know it's going to be essentially the same. Well, we don't even know if it's going to be the same story. You know, it, it could be like the Final Fantasy VII remake where it is different. Um um, I can. I, I've heard a rumor that they've actually altered the play style, altered the uh, the fighting gameplay. I would assume they did. I, I'm assuming it's going to be similar to Final Fantasy VII versus the original, um, and that's fine. But this is a fresh company doing it, and from what I've heard is that they didn't have faith in Aspire's team to make it, and they didn't want that associated with their brand. Now that could come back to bite them because I mean. What better for Game Pass than a big external IP that you don't even have to have one of your own studios make? Um, now, do I think they made the right choice or not? I can't tell you at this exact moment. Mm -hmm. It's going to come down to when that game comes out, we'll have to see how it is. If it comes out and Aspire did a good job, I'm going to say that Microsoft made a mistake. If it comes out and it's not good then Microsoft, you know, they, they've made the right call. Um, I'm on the fence 60-40 as to whether it'll be good or bad. Um, and I say 60-40, it's 60, it's not going to be great. 40, it will be great. And the reason I lean more towards it's not going to be is the, I believe it's the lead writer was the lead writer for Andromeda. Mm, yes. And... Uh, I, Andromeda is not a bad game. In fact, I would call, I, I would dare to say it's a good game, but it was a very disappointing entry in the Mass Effect franchise because Mass Effect games aren't good games. They're excellent games. And it, it, it played okay. It had an okay story. It had some not so great crew members more than, you know, every Mass Effect game has like one or two crew members that are underdeveloped. But most of them were underdeveloped, and some of them were downright bad, like Liam. Um, and I'm a little bit worried that, you know, this isn't going to be as good as everyone hopes it's going to be, that it's going to live up to that legacy. Um, and a lot of that comes down to, we don't know how much the uh, Disney themselves are going to want changed about the original story to fit the new timeline. Because well, I guarantee that this game is going to be changed at least somewhat in order to fit a new timeline so that they can center even more content around the Old Republic era. 
Can I also give you another thing to think about? <clears throat> yeah. In the past, I've heard other people talk about the KOTOR remake, and it comes down to also the original KOTOR was a very dark game. There yes. were some very dark tones. Uh, the star So, yes, the Jedi are these really cool good guys, but the Sith are, are very influential in this game, and they are. this is where you get a lot of, at least in the original game, the Sith background and how Sith really work. <clears throat> the Sith don't have this idea of, you know, like in the Jedi where you raise to the rank of master in the Sith world, you kill your master to get that rank. It, it's a very brutal, bloody world to be a Sith Lord. And it's very well embraced, at least in the original KOTOR. Also uh, on Kashyyyk with the Wookiees, you actually get to see them enslaved and very horrible things happening to the Wookiees in the original game, because that's just the way it was. We saw them take over Kashyyyk in the movies so that, yeah, they were very brutal. Um, and that's some of those tones that have been brought up in past conversations and past podcasts that I've listened to that they're really worried that Disney is going to like try to mow over and try to basically get rid of because Disney wants to try to make uh, the star Wars a more PG style franchise. And they want, they might potentially soften the Sith Lords. Yeah, I, I agree with that a lot. And so I, I have these general concerns about how the remake's going to go. And I think Microsoft had them too. Now, will it come back to bite them that they didn't take the risk? That's that's the question of the hour. And we can, we won't know that for forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be fair, I mean, we're talking about, again, a publisher that bought... Uh, I mean, they're in the process of acquiring one of the largest ones, Activision Blizzard... Uh, they're going to be getting multiple studios and IP under their belt, along with, obviously, the Bethesda, Zenimax purchase, and they've acquired other studios. They got boatloads of IP. Like, personally, I'm not worried about IP, like, in general. Like, we know that they have a fountain of, again, uh, like, uh, games coming, right? Uh, I'm not worried about that. Would it be nice to have maybe... Uh, let's say, I don't know, a, a Punisher game, a Captain America game, or some kind of a Star Wars fighter game and so on. Yeah, I mean, I, I would totally be down with that. Um, but, you know, I mean, maybe maybe it's, um, it's good that they just focus on their own content or, you know, their own IP, you know, <laughs> right? Like, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, look, I agree. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, I, I think Sony's doing some good stuff, I, you know, getting uh, involved with, I mean, you know, Spider-Man's worked out for them. Uh, they have Wolverine in the pipeline and Spider-Man 2, um, you know, obviously, and they're excited to have those IP and good for them. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it just it depends on the team that makes the game and, you know, how much passion they have behind that. Maybe Xbox was like, eh, you know, we're not, you know, we don't want to, you know, touch that and so on. And, you know, we want to focus on games that, you know, we just bought. Like, again, Starfield, uh, Redfall, and other projects that they're excited about. So, do they necessarily need these titles? No, but I mean, I would argue at the same time it would be nice if they had maybe one of these two, uh, you know, big, you know, Star Wars is a pretty significant IP, right? Still to this day. But. Yeah, 
I, I would say I would like them to have a superhero game. And when I say I'd like them to have a superhero game, I don't mean that they need to have a superhero that is licensed. Um, I'd like to see them bring back like prototype. Yes. When yes. uh when um uh when that acquisition goes through, Just, like they they need something in that space if that makes sense. It doesn't need to be. Batman it doesn't need to be Spider-Man. No, it, it just needs to. You know, they, they need something to fill that kind of void. And it, Game Pass kind of doubles that. You know, at least they have uh, the Arkham game. At least one of the Arkham games is still on Game Pass, right? I think so. I think the newest one is. Um, I I, I will check while I'm speaking. Um, the uh. You know, and they they have some other big like external IPs on Game Pass. I know the the Shadow of War game, like the Mordor games, uh, the the Lord of the Rings games. At least one of those was on there as well at one point. So like you know they can they can still get these things, and like they have a bunch of Star Wars games on Game Pass. You know they have Fallen Order, and Fallen Order will come to Game Pass a year after it's out because mm -hmm. EA Play. Right. You know, so it's not like we're lacking Star Wars content or stuff like that in in. Uh, Xbox Game Pass right now. It would be cool if they would go back and license a bunch of the old um, like 360 and original Xbox Star Wars games. Like, it cannot be that expensive to license like the original Battlefront 1 and 2 and get them in, in Game Pass. Right? Th that would be cool to have, you know? Mm -hmm. um, th th there's there's plenty of ways to get these, these IPs into... Uh, into Game Pass without having to have themselves published. I think it just stings the most in this particular case because um, uh, KOTOR was a big part of um, the original Xbox. Maybe not as big as um, uh, Halo was, per se, but I mean, KOTOR and Morrowind were like the huge RPGs of the 360, and that's why Xbox was originally known as like a Western RPG box, and we're getting back to that kind of um, that kind of thought process with the Series X being the Western RPG box to have. Because look at the developers who are going to be putting Western RPGs on it. You know? Well, yeah, it's pretty amazing. They're going to be the yeah, the big Western RPG box with uh, the Outer Worlds, Fable, uh, Fallout, uh, Elder Scrolls. Um. Uh, Starfield. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> um amazing. And then whatever in exile makes <laughs> Project Cobalt. Yeah, Project um, Cobalt or even just Wasteland itself too. Like they Yeah, have... Wasteland, Bard's Tale. Bard's Tale is pretty good if, if people haven't played it. Pillars yeah. of Eternity, which is the same IP that about about is. They're different mm -hmm. genres, so like they're different sub IPs, but they're the same world. Mhm. Mm yeah, it, it's nuts. Um and it is weird in that case that they passed it up too, because you'd think they kind of want to monopolize. And I, I use that word not in the illegal term, but in the um, just that they would want to secure even bad Western RPGs, just so that they they have them. Um, and it's weird there too. I, they, like like I said, it's this story might not even be true. You know, that's correct. Yeah. Or they might have been outbid, and that might be the actual case as to why they quote passed. You know, we we when you don't have the firsthand source or dot or, or read documents, it, it, it's hard to say. 
Um, and Microsoft, up until recently, didn't like licensed content. I still think they don't like licensed content. Um, yeah. It, it looks like they got different priorities than they, PlayStation. They do, they do easy licensed content. And licensed content that makes so much sense that maybe it's not on its own. Like, they did the... For Flight Sim, they just did the Top Gun oh, DLC. That that makes so much sense. You know, it, it's just a it, inside our particular game, we're making reference to a very popular franchise. Well, even the uh, uh, the pirates thing and too. Pirates. Right? That yeah. was the other one. Yeah, that that um, was their big step back into licensed content. Mm -hmm. was, I've um, always said pirates. PlayStation is always geared and aiming towards that silver screen connection for a lot of their for their brand and a lot of the ips that they deal with and own and i could see playstation wanting to throw more money at wanting to have that game than microsoft would want to just because that is that is sony's mo and that having games that can be connected with movies and television is their bread and butter well that, that makes sense look at what sony is sony pictures well, yeah, they're a production company. I've always said yeah. for me, Xbox represents gaming, Sony represents entertainment. And the reason why I, I make that difference is because I'm into wrestling. And when you listen to Vince McMahon talk about the days when he versed Ted Turner during WCW, Ted Turner referred to it as the wrestling business. And he was like, I'm not in the wrestling business. I'm in the entertainment business. And there's a difference. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And you can kind of tell from the games that they make. Sony's excellent cinematic games are just that. They're excellent cinematic games. They they, they all easily translate. Well, most of them, I'll say, easily translate. I don't know how Twisted Metal's going to translate into media. Hmm. They're doing that, evidently. But, like, y y you you look at the rest of them, and they, they all translate into, the, uh, into that space easily. And that's not a bad thing. It's just how they are. Um, and you look at Microsoft's, and a lot of Microsoft's games won't necessarily. So a lot of them will, like Halo that should, d didn't, yeah. should. Um, yeah, yeah. But should, they do uh, the niche uh, stuff too, like Age you know, of Empires. Things, yeah, yeah, things Age of Empires. Do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I don't think, like, Ori, Ori's not going to translate into cinema. I mean, it, Ori's, like, it, it kind of is, but it's not going to, you know, you're not going to make a cartoon out of that. It, it's just how it, you know. And I think that that's exactly the right way to think about it, that Sony probably did outbid them here. Um, and that's just the way of things, you know? I'm sure Microsoft... Well, I can't say they outbid them, but Microsoft used its weight to get Activision Blizzard. How mad can you be? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Call of Duty's gonna be on Game Pass. I was thinking about that the other day. Think about how many F... There's like only four major FPS franchises that are multi-platform that are not going to be on Game Pass day one. And that that's wild. It's like Borderlands, Crisis, um, and two others that I can't think off off the top of my head. I had them listed out. And all the other major ones are either going to be on Game Pass day one or Game Pass within a year. Because they've got the big three, Halo, Battlefield, and Call of Duty on lock right now. Yeah. That's going to be insane when uh, that deal yeah, finally goes through. It's nuts. Like, it, it's just a matter of waiting out that contract period. That Whenever that's supposed to end well, with PlayStation. They have three titles left. Mm -hmm. um, they have two of them will be this year. We don't know if there's a game coming out next year. That well, is. They, no. they said it was delayed into 2024. Did they say it was delayed into 2024? 
yeah. officially. Yeah. Okay. So there's the potential that that game, even the 2024 game, might not be on day one Game Pass. And I know no one wants to hear that. Um, that's just the way things are. Um, well, even the previous backlog of Call of Duty games beyond Game Pass, even that, like that, that itself is just fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many of them are there? I mean, Lord, I haven't played 20, any of them since at least Advanced 20. Warfare. Well, yeah. there's like even like on the original X, like the original Xbox and PS2, like there was yeah the original Call of Duty, Call of Duty Two, Call of Duty Three, and quite a few spinoffs too, like Big Red One and so on. Right. So remasters, like when they remastered Modern Warfare One, think yeah. that like those ones too. Um. Now I think correct me if I'm wrong, that the original Call of Call of Duty is not playable on modern Xboxes. Yeah, as far as I know, it My was knowledge the, Xbox. the only one. I never seen on the Xbox store. I, I, the earliest I've seen is Call of Duty yeah. 2, which was yeah. a launch 360 title. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, th- there's, there's so many. Like, I haven't played any of them since Van Warfare. I'm going to go through and play all those campaigns. I, I Oh, same here. Back to back. Like, you know, a call, th- this it, it's yeah, it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, say what you will, guys. I mean, you know, maybe certain uh, certain titles there in the the franchise may not tickle your fancy, but I mean, Call of Duty. I mean, they, ha- I guess they kind of have something for everybody at this point. So I don't know. Like, it's kind of hard to uh, not but uh, to not be impressed by again the amount of content, <laughs> like just campaign wise alone that they'd have. So, I don't know. Just interesting. Very interesting. But, uh, yeah, guys, these deals overall, I mean, again, we don't know, like, I mean, okay, one obviously was uh, talked about openly. It was confirmed and so on as far as the Marvel stuff goes. But uh, KOTOR, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're going off of uh, Maddie's sources. But, yeah, it does seem to have some credibility attached to it. And, uh, you know, that's where I'm leaning anyways. Uh, we don't know the specifics, obviously, but uh, I, I think it's safe to assume that Xbox want to focus on their own IP. And in a way, who can blame them? Who can blame them? But hey, an aggressive Xbox is a, is a good thing in any case um, and good for the industry as a whole. But uh, OK, guys, I think on that we'll end off on that note. And hey, good show tonight across the board from uh, all these fine gentlemen on the panel. Uh, tonight we covered uh, some possible uh, console ref- refresh leaks, Xbox hitting back against Kotaku, and Xbox seemingly uh, turning away from uh, you know some big third-party IP. Also, what would the show be without our viewers? Thanks for stopping by, everyone. And if you enjoyed tonight's show, then consider dropping a like, sharing this out across social media, and subbing to the channel. Now, without further delay, let's get to the outros now. Uh, Shockley had to leave early, but hey, he did a fantastic job. You can follow him on Twitter at ShockNero. Uh, Now, uh, who do we got here? Crusader Buddy. I really enjoyed uh, your commentary tonight. Some great thoughts from you. Uh, Where can these fine folks follow you at? Yeah, people can follow me at Crusader3456 on Twitter and you slash Crusader3456 on Reddit. 
uh, follow me on Reddit specifically because I do all kinds of stuff on r slash gaming leaks and rumors. And next Sunday, I will be updating my mega thread of Xbox, Bethesda, Activision, and Blizzard leaks, rumors, and confirmed projects. Um, it's a giant list. I'm at 31,000 characters right now. Um, it is going to be... Uh, a wild time, and I'll have my thoughts in, in that post as well about what I think we'll see there. And then I'm sure we'll talk about that next week as well. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. But yeah, guys, follow him on there. Check out his uh, Reddit threads and so on. He does a lot of good work. Very detailed, to say the least. Moving on down the list, uh, General MLD, buddy. Fantastic show. Uh, loved your opinions. Where can everybody follow you at? Thank you, thank you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MLD Ghost. Gamer tag on Xbox is Ghost MLD. You can see me playing Sniper Elite or Elden Ring. But uh, yeah, it was a great show, and uh, looking forward to the next week. Let's uh, so see if Xbox uh, gives us uh, something nice to talk about. Yeah, one can hope. One can hope. I mean, we're what two weeks away now from their uh, big show with Bethesda. So oh yeah, it's gonna really ramp up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see if we'll have some, uh, you know, show leaks. But, uh, I mean, really, I, you know, they've been keeping things kind of tight-lipped, from what I can tell. So, so hopefully there's no spoilers. <laughs> um, and down the list here, Centurion Pal. Again, awesome show. Awesome, awesome. Uh, where can everybody follow you? Yes, absolutely awesome show. Thank you to everybody who joined us in the chat. Thank you, gentlemen, for an awesome conversation tonight. Um, for those wanting to find me, uh, please find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and of course Twitter. You can find me here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast with this amazing group of gentlemen. And you can also find me every Wednesday night on Gaming Beyond the Box with Wilmy Hood and his amazing cast over there. And yeah, man, it's this is a wrap, you know, like, subscribe, everything, all that. And thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you said it well there, Centurion. And uh, as for myself, you all can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming as well. Check me out on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Good stuff tonight and excellent crowd. As usual, we look forward to catching you all here on the next one. Later, everyone. Have a good night.